Courtside the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 334. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You probably know him by that name by now, but you may also know him in the forum as d for 3 and d for 384 on Twitter. Happy to be here and uh, also happy to see that we have some NBA 2K21 news to talk about. It's good stuff. Yes, we have some good news, some dismal news, and some just plain news. I think people will find out which is which by our tone and our opinions <laughs> and the uh, subject matter at hand, of course. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, August now, so we are pretty much right in the middle of the preview season. Maybe that trickle is going to start coming through again. Yeah, um, I, 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 the, the newest news is very promising. I want to say um, it gets me excited. It's, it's stuff that I've talked about on prior podcasts. Um, but, I mean, we won't really know, um, you know, what to expect until we actually see gameplay footage because there's a lot of talk in preview season. There always is. Uh, so always, hoping yeah. to see some game, yeah, hoping to see some gameplay footage soon. And I think we will within the next couple of weeks for at least NBA 2K21 for the PC and the PS4 and Xbox One. Well, with current gen coming out... Uh basically a month away, September, since we are in October now, then uh, October, uh, August rather, getting ahead of myself, uh, you know, <laughs> very much there. But with that coming out uh, in September, we have basically a month to go. So, yeah, they're, they're really going to have to start showing something at this point because they're uh, starting the pre-orders. The pre-orders have already started, obviously. And, yeah, so the news is starting to come through. Our first little tidbit comes courtesy of NBA 2K TV and uh, Agent Double Zero was conducting an interview for uh, 2K TV there, talking to uh, Mike Wong, Baluba, as he is uh, commonly known in the community and on Twitter, at Baluba. The uh, gameplay director of NBA 2K21 had some uh, few juicy tidbits to share. Uh, first things uh, first, uh, may, people may be wondering how they're actually developing the game, because obviously uh, the pandemic is uh, causing a lot of <laughs> problems with shutdowns and uh, alternate uh, plans and solutions. But uh, development is apparently still work from home. They're actually now working at 100% efficiency, apparently. But, uh, yeah, so that's the thing, uh, Derek. They're, uh, they're all working from home on it, which is not really surprising given the circumstances. Yeah, getting up to 100% efficiency is fantastic, considering um, how much collaboration must exist mm. in that environment, um, in the development environment, and to even be able to have all the technology and tools at your disposal um, in each, you know, in each home and whatnot. So I find that to be incredibly impressive. Um, I wonder, you know, in the back of my mind, if that could hurt any of the development. You know what I mean? Lack mm. a little bit less communication or in less collaboration, maybe, or um, issues with some of the technology and whatnot. But um, you know, operating at 100% efficiency makes me think that they have it down. So. It's definitely good news in that respect. I imagine a lot of Zoom chats happening with the, the various members of the development team working from home. I mean, if you're on Zoom these days, you're going to have to wear pants at least, I suppose. So that's uh, one one advantage from working from home that has been uh, taken away from the the current situation. But definitely good news, uh, all jokes aside. Uh, here's an interesting tidbit as well. The uh, current gen and next gen are being worked on by uh, two completely different studios with, uh, with under the uh, 2K umbrella. And uh, I did figure that there would be two different teams, uh, much the same way as, as previous years. I know when NBA Live was going to the seventh generation with, uh, the, that is the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, of course, that they split the team in two. So you had the current gen, what was then current gen, and uh, then what was then next gen splitting in two. So, uh, so no surprise there, and it uh, seems like the, uh, the smart thing to do. 
Yeah, don't. I'd say don't be fooled. Two different studios doesn't mean that entirely a different crew is working on the new game. Like, as in, I can guarantee there's people that have been working on the series for years that were brought over to work on the PS5. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah. it's just it's just it's just two different teams um working on the two different games but um and split up that way but i i actually find that awesome um i think that's a good idea and i think that it makes me think that and they alluded to this that we're going to just get a completely new experience with um with nba 2k 21 for ps5 and that's pretty exciting it is and it's it's what we need to, to see we need to see that refreshment and We'd like to see some improvements on current gen as well, of course, but it, it is getting to, the, to obviously the end of that generation being current, so it's kind of tapped out, I suppose. The resources are definitely going to be going into next gen, uh, one would imagine, at any rate. And uh, something that uh, that Mike mentioned was that it's going to have everything the same as current gen as far as modes, features, etc., but done better. Now, that's very good news, because if you go back to 2K14, and we, we covered this on a previous podcast, and it's been a, a point of discussion in the forum and probably at OS and uh, on Reddit too, is if you, if you do flashback to NBA 2K14 for uh, PS4 and X1, that was, I don't want to say bare bones, because that's something I'd more say about NBA Live on this past generation. But 2K14 didn't have the deep roster editing uh, as far as it didn't have creative player, and uh, my GM replaced association, and it wasn't quite the solution everybody wanted, which is why my league came along the next year. My career had some, it, it had the story mode, but it was still kind of uh, not as deep as it would become. It uh, it wasn't quite as deep, it lost a lot of the modes that last gen 2K14, the PC version, and the, thus the 360 and PS3 version, had. And a lot of, the, a lot of those modes and features were gone. It sounds like this, this time around, they're avoiding that, and so much the better. That is really good news. Yeah, so you, we talked about this several times on, on various podcasts and whatnot. 2K14, and, and, and there's a couple other things out of that document that we're going to be talking about on this podcast that just, um, you know, from 2K statements that gets me really excited. But NBA 2K14, you could only have, like, one custom roster, remember? Yep. You only had, like, five saves that you could use in, in for uh, my career, or, excuse me, uh, like a season or, or whatnot, and the menus were plain, and you couldn't create <laughs> players, and the, the Terrible. editing options yeah. were yeah, um, limited and, and all that stuff. But what, what it came down to with NBA 2K14 and why it was such a, a successful law, um, launch on PS4 and Xbox One was the fact that the gameplay was fun for the majority of the population. Mm. People put on that game and not only did it look great, but they, you know, they wanted to post their highlights and the game was tight on the controllers and it just, it just felt good. Um, even though the gameplay was a lot, a lot of the gameplay um, was borrowed from 2k13 and very similar to 2k14 on the pc which was a last gen port so i think that what's exciting about what they said is that they are giving us a new gameplay experience but also um you know promising us all of this depth and that's going to be like you said, a, a different type of launch than what they did with NBA 2K14 because NBA 2K14 did not have the depth. Not at all, and it's it's very welcome news. The actual quote here is, everything you have in the current-gen version, but so much more. So, I mean, we can we can talk about hype, we can talk about PR. We've talked before about some of the, let's let's be uh, diplomatic and say, misleading statements that have come during uh, previous uh, previous seasons, but 
it does sound like they've learned from the last launch, the last generation that, uh, and, and as you say, 2K14 was still a pretty good game and enjoyed and well-reviewed and everything, but it, it was, uh, that, that part of it was an, an issue. So I'm glad that that has changed. And uh, something else that's worth highlighting is that he said that uh, movement will feel very different on current gen versus next gen. And you and I have gone into detail many times about how we felt that the current motion system introduced in 2K18 and tweaked a little bit over the last couple of years for 19 and 20, how that hasn't felt as good. We both talked about going back to uh, 16, 17, which I, I recently did to get some screenshots for an article. And uh, once again, was struck by how much I preferred the movement, even if it's just feathering the stick to get place just edge uh, a little bit behind the three-point line or something like that how it feels much uh, more responsive much better less exaggerated than some of the movements in the current uh, motion system so for next gen if that does bring a, a new a new feel and preferably a, a better one uh, then yeah that is also great news yeah and in, in the the part that they had stated um you know they're trying to and i'm sure you're going to get into this for in a second but they they're making it more fun and to get rid of some of the irritations, they alluded to that, where they're tr- finding the right balance between realism and fun. And I, 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 I can't tell you how excited that makes me. Um, we've been talking about this for a while, uh, as far as obviously, like, um, just to go on what you said. Yes, the movement has been shoddy over the last three years since they moved to the new motion system. They need to fix some of the foot planning, change of direction mechanics, the two-man animations. So when they say that you know they've revamped movement and it's going to be a whole new movement system, that gets me pretty excited. That doesn't even make me nervous because I do – I want them to move in a different direction, right? So even if this is not as sharp as it needs to be on the uh, at the get-go, it will be a new experience and it will probably be ironed out in a year or so. Um, the freshness. The freshness will, will probably count for something. The, the fact that it simply feels like it's moving in the right direction, no pun intended, would, would certainly be, again, a, a welcome change, even if it's not, as you say, perfect. Because that, that's a big ask for the very first uh, uh, iteration, incarnation of a, a new motion system. Exactly. And, you know, as far as the fun part, as far as, far as finding that balance, I wanted to bring up a point in kind of a, a comparison. So... Recently, I picked up MLB 08, the show, um, for uh, PlayStation 3. And I also have MLB, the show, for PlayStation 4. And I have the, mo- the newest one, MLB, the show 20. And the gameplay on MLB 08, the show, is, for me, ten times more fun. It is loose. The fielding is more responsive. The It's still authentic, and it still looks good. Um, but they found the perfect combination of fun and realism packed it into a game and and it's just absolute blast i don't even love baseball and i love playing that game and so does my brother and he's not a baseball guy either um but that's what i talk that's what i'm talking about you know when when you go into mlb 20 the mlb the show 20 the the fielding doesn't feel as responsive it's more complicated your play the players are overly animated um it's not as reactive in general on the sticks etc sure it looks great but the gameplay isn't fun um so the the thing that i want to see and that, that that line got me really excited that they're looking to add more fun to the game and find that balance with the realism is i'm looking for that type of experience that we had when we used to play the older games like 2k11 2k8 um you know the, the, that experience of pick up and play and have a blast like you just have a blast no matter what you're playing 
it's a it's a great point because my my knee jerk reaction when I saw that was oh you know they, they're going to make further tweaks to the realism that's going to go in the wrong direction in the in the name of uh, quote unquote fun you know air quotes around fun you know what uh, what the park cheaters think of fun that would be my only concern but you bring that up you bring up the point of going back to how games used to be how it really was about the the on court experience the between the lines experience and how it was that great balance between uh, realism and fun it was it was realistic but also fun in the same way it felt good to play that realistic game of basketball that uh, inspired and trying to capture the, the spirit of the actual sport and uh, and that's certainly something we did see and we talked about that a couple of shows ago with the the sliding scale of realism and, and sliding scale of what is a uh, uh, a sim gamer so it, it kind of i kind of had an elitist uh, knee-jerk reaction there and i thought oh you know it's and I do have my concerns. I have my concerns as far as online, especially, because some of the things, as I said, with the park cheeses and things, if they're looking to, to go in the wrong direction with fun, and they say, you know, what is, what is fun? And if it goes too far away from a, a, a realistic, realistic game that's, that isn't properly balanced. Uh, but if they get that fun with the balance and a good uh, balance of both realism and on the sticks uh, feel and everything, then, uh, yeah, that, that is definitely something to be, at the very least, cau- uh, cautiously optimistic about. So you bring a, a great point there that's actually got me thinking, well, uh, well, Andrew, you kind of got a bit elitist there for a second. <laughs> uh, two shows after you, two shows after you start, we were talking about the sliding scale of, uh, of sim gamers, and uh, I, I fell right back into old habits. But, no, that is a great point. I want to make a point, too, though. I know, I know I'm being optimistic, but like you said, I'm being cautiously optimistic, too, because I understand what's happened over the last... Um, you know, a couple of years and whatnot, especially with like 2K20's implementation of TakeOver in the way the My Team cards are, mm. how outrageous they are um, and stuff like that. If they're talking about stuff like that and they're putting more like our overpowering arcade elements into the game, um, like things like TakeOver, uh, I, I definitely, you know, I'm cautious. Like, yeah. I know that that's a possibility. Um, they have a track record recently of trying things like that. Um, so I guess it's what is your interpretation of fun. And I think Indeed. what got me optimistic about it is the wording they chose, you know, the balance of fun and realism. Because that's what I look at games like NBA 2K8 and, um, you know, NBA 2K11, uh, 2K13 and MLB The Show 08 and stuff like that. I look at those games as a, it, that's how I would word it. It's a balance of realism and fun. So that's how I would word it. And that's what I hope that I hope they're interpreting that like the same way that I am. And that's where the, the caution comes in the, uh, the cautiously optimistic part of it. Absolutely. Uh, one of the examples that was cited uh, by Mike, by Baluba was uh, throwing the ball away. The can turnovers on uh, cherry pick passes and you see this a lot online. Uh, you not being an online gamer uh, may not see it as much because it doesn't happen as much in the offline space. But in online, a lot a lot of people cherry pick, and there is that long outlet pass. And a lot of those long outlet passes are very catchable passes. They're not bad passes, but it goes straight into a canned moment where the recipient try, can't catch it, even though it's a, clearly a, a pretty good pass. They get pulled away in a different direction. You can feel it on the sticks. You're like, you, you know, it's you not going in the direction that you were heading in. At the at the time, so you can you can tell when the uh, the canned moment is coming, and and then it comes into a, a turnover where usually a long pass goes right out of bounds at the other baseline, and it's one of those things that probably should happen for both balance and realism, but at the same time it happens in a way that is very unrealistic, uh, that, that is very canned and contrived, I should say, um, 
not totally unrealistic, but certainly it's very hard to capture that element of realism. The can the, the turnovers that do happen and errors are something that do happen realistically, but at the same time, they're happening too often and in very contrived ways. Talked about this many times on the podcast, including touching on it in the last couple of weeks when we we've been talking about sim and realism. But that that's one uh, one thing that I I was uh, quite glad to hear as far as a uh, a an example of of what they're trying to do. And it's they mentioned that that's something that's not fun. Those can turnovers on a uh, on on um, on cherry pick passes, and they want to fix that. So as long as it's again that it's not ba- uh, overpowered, that it, there's still some semblance of balance, that it's not too easy to uh, to exploit the system, that things like takeover aren't either aren't in the game or they're properly balanced, so that they're more of a mechanic that works as intended. Then yeah, so much the better. But I do like the sound of that in uh, in theory. It's a uh, it's a good way to go, and it's it's funny that they're saying that the focus this year was on how two K can be made enjoyable, and, and it goes back to some things that we've been talking about on the show, uh, much uh, specifically the people who are saying that they buy two K out of obligation, and it's funny how it also ties into not just that but something we were thinking about talking about this week as far as uh, NBA players calling out the game on Twitter and saying how much they're not enjoying the game. So it's not just us. Uh, it's, it, you can't just say it's a uh, uh, people who don't know basketball or, or never played basketball, there are actually professional basketball players uh, talking uh, crap about 2K on uh, social media. So it it's not something they can dismiss as, you know, I mean, you and I, I like to think that we're pretty knowledgeable about basketball, virtual and otherwise, but at the end of the day, they can say, well, well you're not professional players, but pro- NBA players are literally going on Twitter. Uh, is it, uh, was it... Um, Josh Hart was he? He was one that we saw. I know Darren Fox was one as well. Yeah, Josh Hart's just one of many. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've gone on there and they've made those a lot of the same complaints that the rest of us have made. Maybe it carries a bit, a bit more weight because they've got the blue tick and they, again, being professional athletes, professional basketball players. But a lot of people have said that they buy the game out of uh, obligation and wanting to play a new basketball game, but not necessarily a, a love of the brand or even genuine enjoyment of the game anymore. So I think they're addressing a problem there that's become very prominent in recent years. So it's, it is, you know, again, very interesting that they've used that language and the word enjoyable, given the the reaction of not just gamers, but certainly prominent people who are professional basketball players and, and that uh, that sentiment that people are buying 2K because, yes, we're buying 2K, but we're not necessarily loving 2K. And even, and even though the game is still doing well and selling well, that's still probably a concern that they're looking at and thinking, well, if anything does go wrong, we could see people boycott, and, and we have seen the drop in recurrent revenue. So it, people who are enjoying the game might be willing to spend a few extra bucks, but if you're already feeling very negative about the brand and the experience that you're getting from it, you're not going to necessarily pre-order, you're not going to necessarily get the game until late. I think a lot of their, the people who are picking up the game on uh, either on sale, post-release, or, uh, or, or getting it free through uh, PlayStation Plus as it was last month and uh, similar deals on Xbox One the free to, when it becomes free-to-play or free-to-keep. Uh, so it, they are really addressing a problem there, and it's interesting to, that they're actually using the word enjoyable in that sense. There's a couple things. So first off, to touch really quick, I don't have to play online to see that um, the outlet pass issue. Uh, so basically what happens is is my brother and I, we all play on the same team. Of course, and yeah. One of and I commonly, my brother Nick and I, we lock. And my brother Mark, he uses the rest of the players. And oftentimes when we see the rebound coming or we see a steal, like a bad pass by the computer, I usually take off. 
and which is what you should do in real life. If you're if you're in defensive position and you see a steal about to happen or a rebound, you know your team's in position. It's smart to take off. Mm. So you know I'll take off off up take off up the floor, and they will try to outlet it to me via icon passing and whatnot. And it literally sails over my head probably over fifty percent of the time. So I, yeah, and, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that happened offline as much as uh, online. Interesting. So yeah, the, so yeah, so, yeah, so you, you know you know very well then yeah. Yeah, they go into a canned reception animation, like um, where they either stumble or they put their arm out and it just goes overhead. That's the one. Um, and what? And it happens all the time. And these are makeable passes. Like we're completely alone on the other end of the floor. Yep. And yep. it can be somebody who's a very, very good outlet passer. And it doesn't matter who it is; it still goes over the guy's head. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And it is nice that they mentioned that and tried to, um, and they're talking about addressing it. Uh, and that's what I'm talking. You know, that's what we were talking about on on many podcasts um, is basically cutting down on those frustrations and making the game more loose and more fun. Um, and the fact that you know we deserve to have more control if if we make the right decision and that pass is the right decision, and in real life that's an easy pass to make, don't take that away from us by forcing us to make a turnover because you're trying to cut down on something. So um, being in control is so important, and that's what I'm really hoping for because I think we've lost that over the last three titles, especially with uh, for NBA 2K. As far as the enjoyable part, so um, – that's, and I said this to you before we started the call when we briefly discussed um, you know, what we were going to be talking about. And that's basically them admitting to the game not being as enjoyable. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen – I don't think I've ever seen in a developer blog, in a preview season, or anything like that, them flat out saying, we need to make the game more fun. We need to make the game more enjoyable. I think that – we talked about how important feedback is and we talked about the developers taking breaks and whatnot to get away from that negative feedback. And, you know, it, it frustrated them a lot, but I think that that, you know, I talked about this on the past, uh, one of the past podcasts, I said, you know, they looked at this, in my opinion, as a red flag. They looked at this as a, we need to change our ways. We need to make the game more fun. We need to cut down on these complaints because this year is probably the worst I have ever seen it. I think you would agree. Yeah. I think that the complaints this year, I think that the um, the complaints about the game on all different social media platforms going at the developers on Twitter and everything, I think that this was the height of that. And it's not a coincidence that guys like, I believe Chris Manning did, I think um, the Czar did. Um, it's not a coincidence that those guys needed to take social media breaks um, yeah. shortly after the launch of the game. So when I hear things like, make it more enjoyable, make it more fun. That again, that, that makes me more excited because I feel like, first off, I almost feel like they're listening to our podcast. Like, I mean, how often have we gone over this and talked about making memories with the games and making them more fun and more enjoyable and getting back to the roots that, you know, made the game so fun and loose. Uh, so it's pretty cool. As far as the social, the, the, the player outrage. So we had Josh Hart, De'Aaron Fox, I want to say maybe Kyle Kuzma, uh, Trey Young. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Um, and he's, he's one of their athletes. Trey. Like, he's been w- very involved with, uh, with right. them as well. Yeah, yeah and, you know, and you had Trey Young, and then you had a couple other players, too, that were saying things like, man, this, this game, 
they really need to fix the defense or man, I'm skating everywhere. Or like that you have these guys going on social media saying this and it's getting thousands and thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of impressions. And that can't look good. No, that can't good for NBA 2K, especially when, like you said, one of their own athletes is out on social media um, complaining about the game. So I I think they, they see the writing on the wall. I think that they've seen these red flags, especially since 2K18. I think they understand also that the 2K League was not launched correctly. Um, and I think that they'd probably want to get that back on track as well, which would mean a better gameplay experience and that better between-the-lines experience. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I think it's exciting, but I agree. I think when they go, when players go on social media and say stuff like that, it's always a bad look. Doesn't do the brand any uh, any favors whatsoever. And, and again, they can come at you and I, uh, you or I, or, or or anybody in our position, long time gamers. And it would be still uh, erroneous and fallacious, foolish of them to do so. But they could still they could play that card. You're not a pro. Who who are you? You're just some gamer. You know, <laughs> again, which would be pretty uh, uh, rude to say to one of their key uh, you know, demographic, their customers. But you can still play that card as what do you know? What, what is your authority that you speak on? But when an actual NBA player comes out and says it, somebody who does play basketball at the highest level, it's that's hard to deny. Oh, yeah, the other guy that was doing it was Kevin Durant, too. Kevin <laughs> yeah. Durant brought it up. Which that's is, the, again, a former 2K athlete, cover player, two-time cover player. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's ta- he was talking about how the fast break is, you know, the fast break in the game is broken and how finishing is broken and stuff like that. And that's Kevin Durant. Yeah. So... No, and also I also want to point this out because I have to laugh at this. Um, even like they say, oh, they're drafted, you know, the pro 2K players, like 2K League players. If you ever watch those games of or, or highlights of the 2K League, um, it, basically what they're doing, I'm sorry, but it's true. Basically what they're doing is they're cheesing basically the whole time. Like they're just look they're they're just driving into the hoop and like there's no ball movement. It looks like this mess of a game whenever I watch the 2K League. Yeah, so even agree. if somebody quote-unquote pro, and by the way, that's not an insult to those guys playing the games. I just need to point that out. This, this is not their fault that the mechanics allow this. I have, mechanics, I have to play, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. They. I mean, it's the game they have to play. This is the system they've been given, basically. Um, but, you know, you know, they say, oh, well, he's a 2K you know, sports player, or he's a professional and whatnot. You know, go watch those games. They're a mess. So, yeah, that's the, that's where the game has to come in and have better mechanics. Absolutely. And, and again, perhaps where next-gen will. I mean, I think we should temper our expectations for the current-gen game. Maybe they'll find a way to get some of those improvements in. Uh, I wrote a Friday Five a, a few weeks back about how next-gen sometimes surprises us, uh, rather, last-gen sometimes surprises us in that way when there's a, a next-gen game comes out with the all the improvements, but sometimes last-gen still is able to squeeze a few things in there as well. Um, but I, I think we should temper our expectations for, uh, especially being the uh, PC gaming community, or a lot of PC uh, games in our community with, with modding and whatnot, it's uh, it's something we should temper our expectations for. Yeah, I'm fully expecting NBA 2K20 for the PC to be 2K20.5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, it, it, it's going to be something where they want people to buy the new consoles, they want people to buy the Mamba edition, they want people to buy the new system, um, you know, and whatnot. The Mamba edition would give them uh, the PS4 and PS5 version, yes. I believe. Which is what I'm looking uh, at doing, yeah. Right. But they what they want 
is I mean, excuse me, what they're going to want to do is spend most of their time on the PS5 version. They already have the bones for 2K20. Um, 2K20, just like when we moved on to the PS4 and Xbox One platforms with uh, with 2K14, they're going to be just each year that they come out, which I think that cycle is going to be cut down. I don't think they're going to be releasing that long again on PS4 and Agreed. Xbox One. Yeah, I think we, we talked talk about that. About. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably only going to be cut down. It's going to be cut down for like only a couple releases. But I think what you're going to see is basically a, a port of 2K20 with maybe new menus um, for the for the PC and PS4, Xbox One versions. Well, we saw the splash screen for 2K21 uh, posted on the official Twitter to uh, celebrate the return of the NBA and the, the the restart, the bubble. So everyone was kind of like, really? That's the, the news this week? <laughs> Fortunately, we have this other tidbit thanks to NBA uh, 2K TV. Uh, also worth mentioning that uh, uh, WNBA fans, quote, will be very excited with what we bring to next gen. So it looks like they're going to be doing more there, possibly a career mode, possibly uh, what, that, what Live was doing as far as being able to create a female player and... Uh, maybe have a, a career mode for WNBA, be able to play online with them as well, um, a, a deeper season mode or a, a full-on franchise mode uh, for, for WNBA, but it sounds like they are building upon that. That is something that NBA Live uh, failed to do when they, they, they were the first to uh, to get the WNBA in the game, of course. Well, actually, the first was NBA Street Home Court, which, again, was EA, but uh, NBA Live did it first, but it's not about who does it first, it's about who, it, who does it best. That's something we've discussed on a number of occasions as well. That's uh, something that we continue to uh, uh, to push, to harp on, because that is what we believe. But uh, yeah, that, that is uh, good news for the WNBA and the content. Um, definitely worth doing since they've got it in the game. Uh, it's it's nice that they haven't just put it in there and left it in there as, as, as is, because uh, actually Kenny, I know, is, has an article coming out uh, fairly soon about uh, about because he's been playing a lot of that in, in 2K20, the WNBA mode, some seasons of that. So the fact that they are actually uh, going a little bit further with that is uh, is nice to hear. Well, there's a couple a couple things. So NBA Live launched the WNBA um, in almost a disrespectful way. And they not intended, I don't believe, but the way they did it, they didn't have the licensing for the coaches, so the benches were empty. They didn't have a season mode, right? So basically, what you had with the WNBA and NBA Live 19 was the teams. Some of the players, as I don't think they had all the players, um, no coaches, and you're just like a kind of a vanilla experience. And I'm not saying they intentionally disrespected, but it was bare bones. What they had for the WNBA. <laughs> it's kind of how it goes with life in general, of course. Yeah, exactly. That kind of just what they do now. Um, but, you know, the WNBA needs this. They, the disrespect is unbelievable to the, to the WNBA. Um, people trashing on the league I, I was there was a highlights excuse me um andre iguodala said um put res- some respect on her name and on and he used the player's number and it was ariel powers for the washington mystics 23 yeah. saw this yeah i did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah said put some respect on number 23's name and rightfully so you know some people were upset about it because why use her number you know, why not just say her name? I mean, he, he probably wasn't intending to do that. Like, he probably wasn't being disrespectful. But, you know... Came out wrong. Who else... Right, it came out wrong. And, and you know, it's it's a sensitive situation now because of the, the feedback that the WNBA gets and, and whatnot and how much people, you know, basically bash it. But 
So the Washington Mystics replied and said, yeah, she's great. And they showed some highlights of her. And it was her um, doing a hesitation, crossing over, doing a reverse layup on the baseline, which looked really nice, hitting deep threes, um, stuff like that. And the first comment on under that video, which got like over 1,000, 2,000 likes and, and people were backing this person, is he goes, NGL, so not going to lie. Um, this, this, sh- this shit excuse me, ain't that entertaining at all. And then like with a crying face and Mm. my comment, my comment to this, because that's, that is incredibly disrespectful. Right. So my comment to this was, you know, hold on, you know, what you just saw aerial aerial powers do in that highlight reel is it basically mimics. It's exactly what we see in the NBA today. Right. So you saw deep freeze and, a reverse layup on a drive. So threes and layups and they looked really good on the highlights. And I'm like, so my question for this person is if you're going to, you know, and I said this in the tweet, that my, my guess is that you just don't like basketball. Yeah. Right. Oh, women. How, how More likely just gonna, yeah, women. Or women, right. Or, or both. Maybe you're really not that you really don't like basketball. Maybe you just like dunks Yeah. and maybe you don't like women and just all the people that bashed me, for that comment and you know i brought up some points in here they say yeah well you know you can't see giannis you know euro step and dunk it on three people in the wnba and my point to them was 96 percent of shot attempts in the nba are not dunks only four percent of attempts in a basketball game are dunks which means 90 then teams shoot on average between both teams about 60 to 73s per game and so 96% of the basketball game that you're watching doesn't even have a dunk in the NBA. And people just chalk it up to, well, they can dunk. So, yeah, the WNBA yeah. Can't dunk, so, it's tr- so it's trash. But what about all the good basketball and the regular basketball stuff that's mimicked between both leagues? Yeah. Like the you know, the, the, the driving to the hoop, the threes, um, the you know, the up fake and step in for a jump shot, the you know, the baseline drives, the and ones, all of that stuff. What about all of that? Listen, I don't I don't have a problem with people saying that they prefer the NBA. And I don't have a problem with people saying that the WNBA isn't really entertaining for them. Like they don't, they can't sit down and watch a full game, but to outright bash it and call it terrible basketball and to ignore the facts around the situation is really frustrating for me. It is. So they need, yeah. my opinion, to circle back to basketball gaming, the WNBA needs to be promoted better. You and I were part of a time when the WNBA was promoted very well. You know, when the league first came out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and we were part of a time when it was promoted the right way and there was buzz around it and all of that stuff. They need to promote the league better. I think the 2K even focusing more on the WNBA is a good thing for the league. And in my opinion, the women that play in the league deserve it. I agree. You know, I can't say it better than that. But one thing I will put out there is if people aren't interested in WNBA being in, uh, in 2K, you don't have to play it. Like, it's there for people who are interested in it, and hopefully more people will take an interest, because Kenny's been having a blast with it, I know. But uh, if you don't, the NBA's not going anywhere. It's still there. Exactly. That's the point, too, Is and we talked about this, is people bash the way that other people play a game, but how does that mode being in the game affect you? 
Like, yeah. how does that <laughs> option in the game be, uh, affect you? You don't have to go to that option. Like, there's no there's mm. no requirement. Like, it's not like the Damian Lillard tutorial when you get into Live 15. Like, there's nothing that pops up, like, right when you log into the game and says, hey, you have to play the WNBA before you get into the game. Like, that's not something that... That you don't have to play it. The, the my career story is far more intrusive than the presence of the WNBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. The WNBA is just an option. Yeah, that, that's extra all that content, is. which so, is what we've always said we yeah. wanted. So it's, it's uh, also a skippable, skippable option. Like yeah. you, you can skip, can skip right over it. So, yeah. But uh, that is good news that they're going to be doing something more with that. Uh, be interesting to see if they actually add some WNBA players in uh, in my team, or if that's if that's a subset of my team. Uh, speaking of which, uh, a few details were also confirmed about my team. Uh, card evolution will return, and you'll have more control over how to evolve the uh, Evo cards. That's that's definitely good news. That was one of the best things they did with my team this year, having those evolution cards gave you a reason to play with them and, and goals and to be able to level them up. So if there's something uh, more that you can do with that this year, then that's good news. Uh, my Team Unlimited, which is the online three-on-three, is returning with, uh, quote, new ways to compete. I avoid my team in uh, my team online because I mean uh, I have a hit and miss experience with uh, my career online the connected modes in my career so I'm not going to do it with uh, people who spend money to get all the Galaxy Opals and whatnot. Uh, also, we'll be playing for Championship Rings in 2K21. No further details as yet on what uh, that entails as far as features of that mode. We know what a Championship Ring is, obviously. And uh, we also already knew this, but it's been confirmed that you'll be able to migrate progress from current gen to next gen in my team. Excellent news. That is the way to uh, to do that, especially with the games coming out so close to, to each other. And uh, also, as a subnote mentions, that uh, Ronnie said a few weeks ago that some cards will have minor differences, possibly because of new gameplay mechanics and different attributes and badges and so forth. But apart from that, the uh, the cards and progress will carry across. So uh, some good news there for my team as well. No, I mean, I didn't get my co-op mode. No, no. Uh, well, not, not that we know yet anyway. I mean, that would have been ideal. My brother and I would have jumped right all over that. That would have been really fun. I would have been able to upload some stuff to my YouTube channel, too, because I would have taken highlights. So that's a little, that's a little bit sad. Um, uh, my opinion on buying your way into cards, and I know that they can't do this because they would lose money, but I'm, not a, I'm a fan of earning your way. I don't know about you, but yeah, I'm a fan sure. of yeah. you know, uh, unlocking based on success, on performance, on on um and, and stuff like that uh it reminds me if you can you know buy your way you know how they cut you like yeah you can spend higher on on a certain version of the game to get more bc right or more my team or, or my team packs or players and stuff like that yep my my problem with that is it's like these games that they do now for rpgs i don't know if you're familiar with this but you can buy your way to level 60 or yes. you can buy your way max level. Yep, yep. And stuff like that. And it turned my brother off of a couple RPGs that he played because he's like, I spent like a year's worth of playtime to get my characters to this. And some Joe Schmo off the street can just put the game on, throw 20 to 30 bucks at it, and they're at the level I am. Right? So, like, stuff like that is a turnoff for me. I think that earning your way is the best way. Like, if you remember correctly, you know, one of the best things about games like the, you know, the challenge mode in, uh, in NBA 2K12 was that you had to beat those challenges. Mm. You had to earn your way um, in order to unlock those players and whatnot. And 
at the time, I didn't have it for PC. I had it for, for the console and whatnot. And it was really cool to go through those challenges because I had a reward at the end and I felt like I earned it. I wouldn't have felt nearly as good if I could have you know, bought my way through it. It's so def- definitely more rewarding, yeah. Yeah, just something to keep in mind. Like, I know there's different players out there, and I know that that, that everybody has their own time constraints and um, their life commitments and all of that stuff, and not everybody has the same amount of time. But I'm a firm, firm believer in the in earning it and not paying your way to get stuff. I'm, I'm totally on board with that. And, of course, it goes back to the whole uh, predatory mechanics of microtransactions, recurrent user spending that we've talked about, that our... Uh, uh, Jim Sterling, who we are both fans of, has talked about a lot, and uh, it's and, and as he has mentioned before, they're selling solutions to a problem that they've introduced. That the grind, the level of grind that forces people or encourages people, at least, to uh, to buy those packs on top of the gambling addictions and all those kinds of stuff, is that uh, the, the grind that they put in there, much like the grind in my t- uh, my career, uh, both my team and my career have this similar approach is that it's uh, it's designed to to push those mechanics if it can you don't have to and, and this is something that people will say a lot they'll try to excuse it they'll say you don't have to which is true but people do and those people set the competitive balance that's why i don't want to play my team online because i will go up against all those people who have spent a lot of money and some people you know you talk about spending 20 or 30 bucks some people will spend literally thousands of dollars to get all the best packs and look you know we we can go into that in detail and go around in circles and say whether that's a good investment considering that the new game comes out every year and in a couple of years you won't be able to use that go back anyway because the servers get shut off whatever it's people's money you know that's fine but it does upset the competitive balance it does it in my career doesn't even so so far in my team as well even more so i should say and of course it upsets the competitive balance it's uh very predatory the odds of packs aren't good 2k20's pack odds are terrible it's way too easy to get low cards and doubles when you've still got literally again thousands of cards left that you can possibly collect way too the the odds are are just ridiculous a lot of people have pointed out this year it will be interesting to see how they adjust with that going forward Uh, because again that comes down to fun as well fun and frustration and realism and everything um so that's something else that I think they need to address. That remains to be seen because it is a, a big moneymaker for them. But uh, yeah, it, it does upset the competitive balance. So it doesn't matter whether, you know, we can all say personally that we don't want to do it. I've got a free, a free $15 from my PlayStation Plus subscription that every, everybody got it, I believe, that's uh, just there as a thank you for being part of the PlayStation family, whatever. I thought about, do I want to actually, you know, this is basically playing with house money. Do I want to get some VC and get packs? And I thought, well, no, it's, it's a waste of that. I might as well put it towards something else. Because it's it's just not what I don't want to support that business model first and foremost, uh, and second even even if it isn't my money, even if it's free fifteen dollars that I didn't have anyway, but I just don't want to do it. I don't want to feed into that. I don't want to support that system. And even if I did, you look at the pack odds; it's just not worth it. So it's it's fifteen bucks down the drain. Yes, free, fifteen bucks that I didn't have that it's given to me basically free of charge. If you know, apart from my paying the annual subscription, so it's a, it's a freebie kind of. But even so, I don't want to do it because it's just not going to yield the rewards that are worth it. And that is that's that is the big problem, unless you're spending a lot of money. And again, that upsets the competitive balance and, wh- and why I won't play my team online in a, in a nutshell. As I've said before, um, you know, we talked about, you, you talked about buying your way to, um, you know, online as well, is just because somebody's a 90 overall when you're playing online doesn't mean that they're great at the game. Mm. But they may appear to get better stat. They may appear to be better or um, get better stats or have a more impact on the game because they bought their way. 
yeah. right? Just because of their overall and their ratings, they can get away with some stuff. And I think, like you had said, the combat competitive balance is hurt by that. And it's not truly a skill-based system. It's a buy-your-way system. Yeah. Especially in my team, it, with all the overpowered cards that you can get. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's in, in, I, I see the commentary on my team, and I'm so glad that I stayed away from it. It's fun if you play just, offline. It's it's well, I mean, you, you like the competitive mode. Maybe they'll add that. I mean, this is just a very early snippet about my team. Uh, we'll learn about more. Maybe something not to hold your breath on because they have <laughs> certainly dragged their feet on making it competitive, or rather uh, cooperative offline so far. But uh, yeah, it's that is something that uh, we will find out in uh, due course, and we'll find out what the new ways to compete in are in my team unlimited. We'll have that information, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks, because again, in a, um, in a month's time, 2K21 drops on the current gen. In fact, even before the uh, 2020 season is officially over, thanks to the uh, pandemic and the restart just this week. So uh, we will cover that as we uh, as we get to it. One, one final thing about this gameplay um, news is that uh, it wasn't so much uh, news as far as co- confirming anything for the game, but, but hints at something they're going to look at adjusting. Uh, Mike actually asked uh, Agent 00 what he thought about competitive shooting. Uh, they talked about knowing how people complain about full whites and the RNG system, but are people happy with shots only going when you're green? You know, we, we talked about that the other week, the, whether green releases are the, the way to go. Uh, so it's, it is something that they are still looking to, uh, to balance, to, to figure out, and I'm, I don't know whether they'll get it right this year, easier said than done with so many people and with differing opinions on it but it is nice to hear Derek that they are still taking that into account and, and how to handle shooting in the way that especially as they try to balance the fun and realism that they're looking at little mechanics like that and, and trying to get the best possible solution for everyone I'm sure I'm, I'm looking for better shooting mechanics in general like get, let's let's forget about the meter for a second um, I'm looking for I'm looking more for more fluid and structured shooting um, I, I've said this before many times the shooting in NBA 2k20 is incredibly rushed like the shooting animations themselves and they're a lot more rushed than the way the players shoot in real life and I feel like the flow of shooting um, the realism of shooting and just like the feel of the shooting was a lot better when in 2k17 2k16 and 2k15 and 2k14 etc and even going back to like 2k13 12 and 11 i feel like the the shooting motion felt a lot better and my brother and i talk about this a lot because we'd play a lot of competitive games against each other with the meter off um with the rushed shooting um because we do use user timing um it's very inconsistent um it's very hard to gauge um gauge it you know when they're going to release it and whatnot because it's so rushed so my biggest thing is not as much about the shot meter but it's more about giving us better animations on the shooting yeah it's all part of it it's all part of it and if they are soliciting feedback on that if they are taking that uh so much the better because it, it is one of those situations as they try to make the game more enjoyable get that right balance make it feel good make people feel happy about playing 2k again these are the kinds of things that you know when people say make the gameplay better these are the kinds of things the nitty-gritty of uh, of making the gameplay better all those mechanics this is what we need to be talking about so and if, if they are focusing on that if they are taking feedback on that uh, that is that is encouraging oh of course it is yeah and we talk about how so many people just say this game is garbage yeah or this game is trash and they don't um you know, go into detail about what's bothering them. Something's bothering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, right. why, why go into detail? Why go into detail when you can uh, post a reaction GIF? 
Yeah, exactly. Or just like a, a YouTube thumbnail with your mouth wide open saying, what was 2K thinking? And then you go into the video and they're like, man, this game is trash. And it's like, that's <laughs> not helping anybody. No. But those videos also get a ton of clicks. So, Ah, beware of clickbait, indeed. Yeah, hopefully we never go down that road. I don't think we will. So. I've got bad news for you. <laughs> no, yeah. that, that is definitely something I we will. Andrew's, yeah. Andrew's uh, video with his face, with his mouth wide open, looking at uh, something. Something, and it's going to say NBA 2K1, 2K21 news, and it's just going to be a video full of BS. Well, well, first, the first five minutes are going to be me uh, rattling on about nothing and, and asking people to subscribe and share the video. But, uh, yeah. No. Oh my god, those, those intros are so long. It's ridiculous. So, so. We, we will try to avoid, I think we'll, I think we'll be able to avoid being uh, those kind of content creators. We will cover more news as it comes out. Uh, the other news, which is the uh, just kind of news, I suppose, this week, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, you may feel differently, is the, uh, the soundtrack was revealed earlier in the week. Uh, there's going to be 52 songs in the current-gen version at launch. There's going to be over 200 in the next-gen version, so you won't <laughs> be spoiled for choice, I suppose. Uh, it's going to cover a few different genres, pop and rock and uh, hip-hop and R&B, etc. Uh, we do have a track list. It's there in the wiki now. I've also posted it in the forum. Uh, a lot of familiar artists, Derek. Um, the Weeknd, um, let's see, Denzel Curry has been in there before. I believe The Strokes have been... Um, a lot and, and Travis Scott naturally, uh, a lot of familiar faces, uh, familiar names I should say, and, uh, and familiar styles, familiar sounds. Uh, I, I gave it a listen on on Spotify. It's uh, it's on Spotify except for a few of the tracks. Uh, Damien Lillard, uh, current gen cover player, of course, is also going to be contributing a few tracks. Uh, so I've listened to a few of the, I listened to the whole thing actually before I started recording uh, this evening slash early morning when I'm doing this my time. Um, you know what? I I don't have any strong feelings about it. It's it was fine. I I had it on in the background when I was playing with uh, with Kenny. We played a couple of online games, as I uh, I believe I alluded to before. Um, it's it just faded into the background. The sound is it's kind of some interesting choices. Uh, a lot of songs with explicit lyrics that are going to be <laughs> the radio edit, which is going to sound as it always does, a little bit weird. Um, I I don't. I'm not really disappointed. It's nice to see a, a few familiar names in there. Red, Red Cafe was actually had a song, I believe, Virus, uh, in NBA Live 2004, so that's kind of nostalgic there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm fine with it. I, I never really have a problem with the soundtracks, as I've said on uh, previous shows and in articles and forum posts. It just kind of fades into the background for me, uh, so I'm not particularly upset by it. I think it's, I think it's going to be fine. At the same time, I didn't really hear anything that really stood out to me, like, oh, that's going to be a, a new favourite song that uh, sticks in my head, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a soundtrack, and uh, and people can mute it if they want. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny that I, I talked about this. You know, NBA 2K, um, the Twitter account, put out a post. You know, what music would you like to see on 2K21? They put this out about a month ago. And basically, all people were asking for was what the popular artists are today, quote-unquote popular artists are today, and that's who they were going to put on there anyway. So like, like Travis Scott and The Weeknd and all of that stuff, that's, that's basically what the comments were made up of. So, I mean, it's cool that they put that out there and like got engagement and stuff like that. And that's good marketing, right? NBA oh, yeah. should do stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. <laughs> it didn't change anything. It's like, this is what they're going to put on. Yeah, so, I, I wanted to say um, somebody like, oh yeah, I want some, uh, I want some Bach on there. I want some Beethoven. Let's get some classical music into the game. We didn't really see any of that. So, yeah. 
I didn't see any requests for Ted Nugent or like or anything. Look, Van Halen. Like I didn't hear. Although they did have Sammy Hagar can't drive fifty five. Yeah. On two K eight. Def Leppard. So some, there was, pour some sugar on me. Yeah. Yeah, there was some. You know, there was some stuff. Two K eighteen soundtrack wasn't the worst. No. Actually, no. Um, but as far as like the the soundtrack thing, I have I have mixed feelings about this. So every day, you guys are listeners. You're going to think I'm crazy and that I'm obsessed and there's something wrong with me. But every day I wake up. So my brother lives with me, and we have this. Um, we have this uh, like a surround sound Bluetooth uh, speaker, and what I do is I put the speaker um, in the middle of the living room while I'm cooking breakfast and whatnot, and I'll I hook it up to my phone, and I have an old soundtrack playlist for all the NBA 2K and NBA Live games. Um, you mentioned Red Cafe Virus, uh, that's actually on my playlist, um, but what uh, what's what's what we do all the time is we listen to those old NBA 2K11 soundtracks, the 2K10, the 2K12, and some of that underground music that was on there, and it brings back so many memories and the st- there's so much nostalgia, and we laugh about it, and it makes us think about moments in the game, right? That we enjoyed sure. and everything. And like you had just said, you know, there's nothing that's going to stand out and probably be memorable on the new games. I really have mixed feelings about these law these these like 50 to 100 to 200 sound um, song soundtracks that have basically all just the mainstream artists on it um you know the popular artists i miss shorter soundtracks with more underground music and i think you need it makes the games more unique it adds to the nostalgia later on and all of that stuff um I miss the days when the the, the games only had 20 to 30 tracks um, because you'd hear more of those tracks more and stuff, and it, it added to the memories. So I have I have mixed feelings about these long soundtracks with all the, um, you know, the popular artists. I, I wish they would go back to putting some more underground stuff on there. 200 songs seems incredible, really. It's uh, that, That's several albums worth, to say the least, of, uh, of music on a, in a video game. Yeah, and in NBA 2K17 and whatnot, they only had about 50. Yeah, which, like 50 which, which is what uh, Current Gen is launching with, 52, although more will be coming post-release, as they did with 2K20. Uh, I didn't really notice the songs. I didn't pay that much attention to it, I believe. And, which, I, I know, I'm, I'm doing a site that uh, covers these things, but at the same time, it's not really something I think a lot of our... Uh, a lot of people ran our way, um, the, our little corner of the internet, uh, really care about that much, especially with, with modding since you can put your own songs into the game. But it's, again, it's one of those things that a lot of people mute. I saw a lot of comments uh, more negative than ours about how they were just, well, I'm going to mute that as soon as I get the game. And that's the thing. If if you don't like any of the music, you can just go mute. Uh, a mute all option would be nice if that's uh, in the game or not. Uh, that would be uh, very handy for people who just want to not have to untick, especially 200 songs worth of going down the menu. Uh, and you can put your own music on in the background, so it's it's not like it's you're not stuck with it. Um, it's it's not uh, yeah, it, it's it's not like Bart versus the Space Mutants where the Simpsons theme is playing twenty odd times, fifty loops in the first level. Um, there there it is. And I, I, Bart versus the Space to, Mutants. Uh, but at least this at least this week it was kind of relevant. I was able to I was able to tie it into a video game soundtrack. But it's yeah, it's some people are going to get more upset, which I understand. Uh, I think you and I being 
in our 30s, we, this, a lot of this stuff is aimed at a, at a younger crowd. Um, that's fine. Like I say, I, I end up enjoying some of the songs or enjoy them enough that I don't have to switch them off. I don't think I've ever really switched a song off. Not even Stress from 2K13, if you can believe it. Uh, I didn't even disable that song, which I probably should have. An, uh, an actual stressful song. Yes. Aptly Stra- named. Aptly named, I'll give you that. Um, Justice, that was uh, quite uh, quite uh, aptly named. The song, the... Um... I think it was like uh, bees. I'm trying to. Uh, there's. I can't think of the name of it. Which uh, which there's game? A, I can't remember. I think it was 2K11 or 2K12. I'd have to. I'd have to go back and and look at it. I'll say this: that uh, some of the songs back then, like pouring it on, mm. like some of the songs back then, in front. Um, what was it? Friendly fires. That song. Uh, Skeleton boy. Yeah. Skeleton Boy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The songs like that. We went over soundtracks recently and stuff like that. Though I have so many memories of yep. those games in in those songs and stuff like that. So, but yeah, you know, one thing that I was just thinking about is I think it will be incredibly disappointing if NBA Two K Twenty One for PS Five doesn't have an intro. I know that they did away with it for the last three years, but this is a big deal going on to this gen in an intro and in a really super exciting intro would help bring in the new generation. Uh, yeah. And, and I yeah, think implement where you could turn it off, where you could turn it off in the presentation options where you say display on, you know, display on intro Buddha. video yeah. on, on Buddha. And that would be really easy to implement. So I think it would be an absolute shame if they didn't have an intro video. It gets, we've talked about that before, how it gets you hyped up to play, how much we, it plays in our nostalgia of, of games, even right up to something like 2K17, which uh, which Shady, of course, made the that uh, intro. And and you can engage with the community. You can get the community to put together those assets because you have a lot of great uh, video creators in the uh, in the community like like Shady. So it's it's definitely something you can do and really engage with the community. And then, of course, when the game comes out, it is part of the whole hype of of turning the game on and, and getting you in the mood, even if you don't watch the whole thing all the way through each and every time. It's uh, it's worth doing, especially if you're outsourcing it to someone in the community. Um, I, I agree. I, I think if, if you are launching on the uh, the new generation, it's a, a great thing to bring back. It'll be nice and f- uh, familiar, nostalgic in its own right, even though it's only been missing for a couple of years. It's, it's still something that people will notice. It, uh, it, it will be a nice way to uh, tip off that new generation and, and really show off the game and and you look at the the intro for 2K14, that's uh, and where it comes up in 17 years in the making and all this stuff and the dramatic music and all the the great uh, cinematic uh, cinematic rather cinematic. I don't even know what I was going for there. Um, <laughs> the cinematic angles and everything, uh, the cinematography. There you go. Um, of, of that intro was uh, was just spectacular, just like the OMG trailer. And so it, even going back to it now, it, it looks great. And, the, and the, again, the music and everything just so well done. That uh, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that one. Uh, bring it back because it's a, it is such a, a throwback to those uh, those to those fun times. And again, you can outsource that to the community, which not only makes gets the community involved, but uh, also saves you a bit of work, I suppose. Yeah, I guess there's a couple things reasons why I don't think they they may not do it. Is one like you had stated, they post it on social media and get the reactions off of that, um, which you know wasn't as prominent before. And, you know, the other issue is that, you know, we all we hear about recently, you know, as far as one of the biggest things with PS5, is oh, we're cutting down on loading times. We're cutting mm, down on interruptions. Yeah, yeah. Cutting true. down on this and that. And so um, those are the re- those two reasons are the things that reasons that I believe they may not do it. But I still think it would be a shame. And that, like I said, they could implement an option to turn it off. Yeah. Even if it's a one time boot thing for the you know first time boot, kind of like that. Uh, 
in 2K11, the the first if you've got no data there, and you can if you delete your data file, you can watch it again. How it goes straight into the 1991 finals with uh, and it's following uh, Jordan down the tunnel. He turns around and says, "You ready?" and things like that. If it's a one-time thing, and then maybe you have an option to rewatch the intro in the menus, or, or as you say, disable it after that first time if you wish. Uh, it's uh, or if, if it pops up when you in that first boot, you know. Do you, do you want to? Uh, do you want the intro to keep coming up or something like that? You can push that. You can have a push notification, uh, so to speak, that would help you. That help gamers make that decision straight away without having to dig through the menus and everything. Because that's something people don't always do. We talked about that when we talked about sliders. People don't always look for these options in the games. They just take it as it comes. So, but you could definitely have so many ways of handling that. But it would be it would be a very nice throwback. I totally agree. Yep, exactly. And slider wise, you know, the thing with that is the large majority of players never touch them. So Apparently they, so, they yeah. lift yeah. difficulty, just choose a difficulty level and they just play. So, and, you know, there's, there's definitely slider snobs out there. Mm. There's people that like, Oh, you can fix all the problems. You just have to mess with the sliders or stop complaining if you're not going to mess with the sliders. But the bottom line is, is that a lot of people in the majority of people that play the games don't want to mess with the sliders. Or, or, as, or, or as we said, can't because they play my career or online. So, yeah. Right, or they or the mode they're playing is they can't, Which you know, can't, they can't yeah. mess with them. So, yeah, exactly. So, like, I've, I've I brought up this example before. There's about five people that I work with that play NBA 2K, and I've talked to all of them, and every single one of them said that they just put choose a difficulty level and play. Right, and I believe I did a poll on this about a year ago, and um, I got a few hundred responses, and the majority of people said that they don't mess with the sliders. So, and, and by the way, I, and I'm in the NLSC community, right? And a lot of people follow me from that community. So you would think that even the people that mess with them might be more because those are more hardcore gamers at, at times. So, and we're seeing less discussion just, over there in the forum as well. We're seeing less people looking, seeking out those ways to fix the game. On Operation Sports as well. Think about how big Operation Sports is in basketball discussion. That's, and that surprised me about OS, to... yeah. That surprised me about OS as well. I mean, you, you've got Shady Mike, obviously, who's doing it in the for, in our forum, um, and, and others contribute here and there. And you, you've posted some uh, movement sliders as well. But it's it's nowhere near what it used to be. Not just people not posting their own slides, but even people just asking for sliders and, and asking for... You still It still happens, but not to the degree. If you go back through the old NBA Live days... And I suppose the games have come a fair way since then. And yes, people are also playing online or, or, um, or my career, whatever, and they can't change it, my team. But at the same time, it really has uh, disappeared. And if it's disappearing from OS as well, and, and maybe even Reddit, I haven't really looked at a lot of the sliders. I don't think I've seen many slider suggestions on, on Reddit uh, when, I've, when I've glanced in there. It's something that, yeah, people just aren't doing. And if, if they don't know about it, they're not necessarily going to look at those options. So you do need to push those yeah. options on people to a certain extent to let them know that they're, that they're there. There's only like six or seven threads, I think, on Operation Sports, and they're not even like really active. Mm. So it's, yeah, it is. It's not just the NLSC. It's, excuse me, it's in general. So, yeah, there's a, like we, you, you and I talked about this. There are slider snobs out there. There yep. are people that say, you know, that also think that they're super experts and that they can change the game dramatically with sliders and all of that stuff and fix all the issues and everything, which you can't. There's, there's when it's like, engine-based, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it's engine-based, exactly. But at the same time, um, I, I encourage anybody to try to make their experience better and more memorable by, by messing with them. Yeah, I think that if you can, you can, yeah. you can 
make it if if sluggishness is a problem you can raise acceleration and um, lateral quickness uh, and other of the other movement sliders and stuff to make it a little bit more responsive um, you can lower body up sensitivity um, in order to cut down on some of the um, you know two and two man animations and stuff like that so that you can curve some issues and try to make the game more enjoyable so I encourage people to mess with sliders absolutely and it's uh, I'm sure we'll come back to that and uh as 2K21, maybe that's something that we could uh, lead. Again, we tried that slider thread, uh, the, the sticky topic earlier this year, and it uh, might be worth coming back to that as well. But uh, yeah, definitely worth, uh, since those options are in the game, if you can play around with them, it's uh, it's good to know that they're there. Or maybe the game will be perfect, Andrew. I mean, it's possible, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very high bar to set. Uh, even with the technology as, as it's going to be in next gen, but uh, we shall see. We shall cover more news as it comes through in the in the coming weeks. It's uh, probably going to start coming through more than a trickle again, less uh, well actually a month and a couple of days away from release. So it's uh, might have to start doing our countdown game again in the forum. Might be a bit of a uh, bit of fun there. But uh, one game that won't be coming out uh, is, and we and we knew this, we we pretty much figured this, but it's more or less been officially confirmed by the latest financial reports and also the coming soon. Uh, section on the official EA website. Uh, there is there is no NBA Live 21. If you were holding out hope for that, it's uh, it's not coming. It's not scheduled. It would be incredibly surprising if they didn't about face and suddenly announced it. So I, I think we can take it as read. Uh, I think probably by the time this podcast comes out, I'll have a uh, uh, a news post about it, just uh, putting it out there as an as an official announcement, as much as as official as it's going to get. Um, because, as we've said before, they're not really addressing the situation through the official social media cha- uh, channels. Um, but NBA, yeah, no NBA Live 21. We expected this, Derek, uh, but it is to see it there in black and white in the financial report, in the, uh, its absence from there, that, its absence from the coming soon games, you know, the up- upcoming releases on the official EA uh, website. It's uh, it's kind of a shame because it's, it's it means that the NBA Live is... First and foremost, maybe nowhere close to where it needs to be, where they feel they can be competitive and put it out there as a launch title for the new consoles. Uh, and it also means it slides further and further from relevance. And as we've said before, we really need that second game because there's a lot of things that 2K has been doing that maybe we hear about this new direction, going for fun and everything, that's great. But I don't see them backing away from the things like the uh, like the grind, like the microtransactions that that have been plaguing the game for a few years now. They're not going to back away from that. They have no incentive to. They have even less incentive with no competition. Uh, we really need it live in that space, and it's very hard to to keep the faith to to re- really believe that NBA Live can make a comeback. They talk, they've got NBA Live Mobile is going strong, whatever. Not really our thing, uh, and that's that's relaunching with the new season. Wonderful, fantastic. If you enjoy that, no, you know that's that's fine. Not our thing. If it's yours, that's great. But we really do need that console game, that AAA release that fully uh, featured release and it would just be a, a damn shame if that is the only way that NBA Live lives on through the mobile space especially because we do need it for 2K to have that competition so they can keep each other honest as we've said so many times before but it's n- not surprising Derek but uh, it, it is uh, dismal news to see it more or less official it's disappointing and in, in the in the suits should be embarrassed Mm. They should be embarrassed about the way they handled the series over the last decade plus. Uh, they should be embarrassed about their lack of um, social media engagement, um, about the, fa- the false promises, about leading fans on, uh, like we talked about with their most recent Twitter post. Um, you know, this could have been a two-year 
development cycle for NBA Live 21 uh, because they didn't come out with NBA Live 20. Um, they could have been working on this. They had bones in place with Live 19. As we talked about, it got reviewed well over a 7, I believe a 7.7 or something like that from IGN. Um, there was some positive comments about when that game was released. They finally had some structure in place that they could work it, work with, and then they yep. dropped the ball. Like, um, it's incredibly disappointing, and I'll say this again. I'm not trying to win any favors with anybody. I'm not you know, a, a social you know, a kiss butt social media influencer. I'm not trying to be a game changer or anything like that. They should be absolutely embarrassed. Yeah. It's, it's as black white. It's, it, it is as black as in black and white as them, as that they, they drop the ball. Yeah. That's, there's no other way of putting it. And it's, it's pushing the game further and further from relevance. We're already years removed over, over a decade removed from when NBA live was last competitive was last considered as uh, as a good gaming and we, we've talked about nba live 10 before and having played it a bit recently to get some uh, footage and uh, and screenshots for features reminded that it, that it was such a good foundation that it really could have been competitive over the past decade uh, but then of course nba Elite 11 and you know, the rest is history and it's, it's just such a shame it's such a shame that the comeback attempts were so mishandled with the team getting reassembled so many times with the change of direction just when it seemed when they seemed to be getting the right uh, the right stuff together again, and it's a shame for for a series that was once the brand leader. And people forget that there are genuinely good NBA Live games out there. In the first ten years or so of NBA Live, up to '06, at least on the PC version, PC, PS2, Xbox version, they were doing really well. Maybe a couple of rough releases here and there as they were making that transition around in the early 2000s. But by the mid 2000s, they were right there. They were still sell, out selling 2K, even if 2K, some of the 2K games were getting better rated. Uh, but they were still doing things like All-Star Weekend and Dynasty Mode, innovating and, and putting out a really quality quality product, especially once we started adjusting those sliders, the aforementioned sliders. People were really enjoying those games. I have many great memories of the uh, 2004 to 2006 uh, period. I think that was like the second golden era, I would call, out of NBA Live. We talked about that on the 25th anniversary of NBA Live show, and, I've, and in my retrospectives, I've touched on that as well, and I think a lot of people uh, agree with that sentiment when they look back, and you see a lot of nostalgia there. But that nostalgia is is long gone. It's uh, or it's, it's certainly a long time since we've had that kind of nostalgia for an NBA Live release to that extent. It's just disappointing because people really did love, love the NBA Live series, us included, myself included, uh, and that nostalgia is so far in the past, and and people do forget that NBA Live was uh, ever good, or, or you know the brand leader, or up there, and, and definitely competing with any other game that uh, that you might mention year to year. When we did have all those games coming out, as we've uh, as we've talked about before. Yeah, it wasn't just good; it was great, and it was mm. really well received. Um, and it was the leader in modes, and it was the leader in content. It was the leader in innovation um, in the basketball gaming space, and. Just, I can't believe this has gone on for so long. And I, it would be one thing if they stayed communicative, um, you know, during this process, like they said they would, by the way. Mm. Um, and it would be one thing things. if Live 19, right, didn't have a strong base and it was another flub of a release and it didn't get received well at all and stuff you would almost say you know what if they're gonna put if they were communicative and they were like you know what we're canceling and you know we need to rethink the series and all of that stuff and they communicated through this entire time and it made sense then i would say you know what 
at least they're telling us what's going on and you know it gives hope that they may reboot and really put effort into it next time but it's just another case of lack of communication not building off of a strong base because live 19 had a strong base much like live 10 did um and just dropping the ball again and it's not it's not fair it's not fair to the customers no. It's not fair to the fans and the fans of the series or, or, or people that were waiting on something, any communication about the series. I mean, people would still be skeptical, of course, because of the track record over the past 10 years. But at the same time, if they were hearing about it, maybe seeing a few snippets here and there about what they were working on, I think we uh, we threw that out there when when uh, EA Play was coming up. If, if they've got anything to show, then they should show it. They didn't show anything. So again, you know, I know we were perhaps setting ourselves up for disappointment there by even broaching the, the topic, uh, bringing up the idea that they might have something to show. Although I don't think we really believe they would, given the situation. But all the same, it's uh, it speaks volumes. You know, the silence is deafening. That was even the name of, of one of the shows when we were talking about that lack of communication, the lack of seeing anything from the show, uh, from, from from EA Play or uh, anything on Twitter, whatever. It's it's disheartening. It's hard to to really stay optimistic about it. It's getting getting to the point where, I mean, I've played NBA Live for as uh, as long as pretty much I guess anybody else in the community. Um, you know, not, well, I can make that, that. It's not supposed to be a boast, but I mean, I go back with the series a long way as as other people do in in the community and and around the internet of, of basketball, the wider community of basketball gamers, uh, as you do, and yeah, it's. Uh, it's hard to really believe that the series will make a comeback at this point because the, the comeback has been so botched over the, the past decade. We've missed games here and there, which has just hurt the brand. It's it's still there. The door somehow, as we've said before, is not slammed shut on it because people still want that uh, competition to, to 2K, that alternative. So they're still... They're not dead yet as far as their reputation isn't isn't ruined to the point where nobody wants to see NBA Live anymore because it de- people definitely do if only because 2K hasn't been able to uh, satisfy them over the past few years at the same time it's very hard to believe uh, that it's going to make a comeback that it's ever going to reach the level that it is that it's going to be the kind of game we want it to be we can see NBA Live again continuing as something like a mobile title or maybe a, a pseudo street game and a pseudo NBA street title especially with the with the move towards uh, the one in the streets side of the one in particular that's the kind of thing we're seeing it's hard to believe or, or trust that it will happen i know there are very talented people working on it i know some of the people working on the game still and, and i know they really want to do uh right by the community and, and get this great product out there but there's just been so many false starts and, and again two years again two years taken off uh the silence is deafening we're not hearing about it um i'm kind of as much as I don't want to give up on the series, as much as I still want to put push through uh, content on it to some extent, you know, we're doing the 25th anniversary of NBA Live stuff is ongoing, and also uh, get that feedback and send it through to the people I know on the development team, you kind of almost have to move forward assuming that 2K is going to remain the only game, uh, the, the only title in the sim gaming space, because it's it's getting harder to, to believe that Live is going to be able to come back or, or, or even make the attempt. I want to bring up two points. One, I want to say, uh, you know, and a shout out to Namo Gamo, Josh and Dave and whatnot. You know, it's it's sad when a game like Basketball Classics, which they did such an amazing job, you know, with that game. We've talked about it extensively, but it's it's a small developer, right? Yeah. They do a 
great job at interacting with people. They do a great job with communicating and all of that stuff. And it's really, it's, it's great for them, but it's really sad that, you know, NBA live with the history of that franchise can't even get close to the communication that Josh and Dave put out for Namo, you know, for basketball classics. And so that's, you know, a shout out to them, but it's, it's really, it's, I, I find it that the suit should be embarrassed. EA Sports should be embarrassed uh, for the, the handling of the series. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was, you ever think about how the NBA might feel about gaming? About mm. how, that, how, how they feel about multiple players in the space? Do you find that maybe it's easier for, and more because it's more concentrated on one title, maybe easier for the NBA? As far as, let, you know, they only have to communicate with 2K and that's who's promoting their product and stuff like that. And they don't have all of these outside companies and outside forces coming in and also trying to do the same. Like, do you ever... Uh, yeah, you ever, I, be- I hadn't thought of that, but it, it's it makes sense that you're not having to deal with two competing entities uh, for your for your time and, and, and everything and, uh, and both trying to do the, the NBA in their own way. But at the same time, I think if they wanted to... I mean, they could go exclusive if they wanted to, and 2K would at this point would definitely jump on that. I mean, EA probably would as well, but 2K might have the uh, more. Um, the 2K would, the visual concepts would probably have more, uh, more likely to put the money down, considering that 2K is such a big money maker for them that uh, I, I can see EA letting live go. Basically, I mean, some might argue they already have. You know, that remains to be seen. The future is very much up in the air. Sadly. Um, so I, I feel if the if the NBA really didn't want to deal with it, they would just go exclusive like the NFL did. But I think there probably is some appeal to it. Uh, certainly, having only deal with uh, one entity, one developer. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I was thinking too. And I think that's also maybe the reason the NFL did it in general. I think that maybe they'd sign that exclusive deal with EA Sports because they knew where their you know gaming marketing was going to come from. They only had to deal with that one space with with that one company etc um you know give them all that you know the information that they need and all of that stuff and i can imagine that it definitely is more work on the league um if there's more competitors in that space so just just something that i was thinking about you know it it goes back to with with ea having the nba license that at the moment then well they've got nba live mobile so they're not doing literally nothing with it but as far as having that triple a game a console release, a PC PC console game, that uh, the traditional NBA Live game. They're, if they're not going to do that, you look what they did with uh, Jam on Fire Edition when they took the year off from... Uh, for, they didn't uh, have NBA Live 12 that year. They, they well, NBA Elite 12 or whatever they're going to end up calling that. They decided that they were going to take that year off and put on Fire Edition out there as the follow-up to the uh, 2010 reboot of NBA Jam which, of course, was going to be packaged with NBA Elite 11 and uh, you know, then became its own standalone title on all, uh, all platforms. So if they, they're they sitting on the Jam license, the live license, obviously, and the, and the street license. Don't get, yeah. on the, don't get me started on the disrespect for NBA Jam. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that. It's, uh, no, and absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the 25th anniversary came and went, did for live as well, obviously, um, except for our content. They've got those licenses. They could be doing something, even if it's it's a remastered on Fire Edition with current players. It would sell. Playgrounds sold, and I, I know that you you have a much higher opinion of Playgrounds than I do. Or Two K Playgrounds too. 
Uh, I still think On Fire Edition is a superior game uh, mechanically. It's got the jam name. It does things uh, that I prefer that to the way Playgrounds does them. It would sell. It would compete with Playgrounds, especially if it came out in alternating years. If it was just something with that, or a new street game, to to use the NBA license on a console release to at least keep EA, EA Basketball relevant and in people's minds. And so when they come back with live, they think, well, actually, they've done a pretty good job with Jam and uh, or Street or both if they wanted to alternate those for a couple of years. You know, they're, they're handling basketball pretty well. Let's see how they're doing in the sim space again. Just the relevance, keeping EA Basketball's brand relevant, talking about it on social media, uh, doing throwback content in, in lieu of new stuff and then maybe some hints to things that they're working on. We talked about this. We did a whole show on it how they could be keeping it relevant and without that it's hard to believe once again uh, not to to harp on the point but it is it is hard to believe with uh, believe in the product moving forward when they don't even seem to be interested in engaging and uh, that's you know what, what yeah. never changed, Andrew. you know what it will never change that people want to have fun yeah well, i mean that look at look, look what 2k saying people want to have fun right yeah. people want to have fun and NBA Jam titles and arcade titles done right are fun. Um, and there's always going to be um, a space for that type of game. And like you said, even if they weren't going with a full-fledged NBA 5-on-5 five five title, which can be a lot more work, right? Yeah, A lot sure. more depth, yeah. a lot of stuff. So why not go for that 2-on-2 full-court experience or 3-on-3 full-court experience? Why not bring ideas back um, that worked well in the past, like NBA Hoops and NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC? Why not do stuff like that? Because the bottom line is, is human beings want to have fun. And those games are fun if they are done right. Um, So, yeah, I agree. I I think it it just it it, honestly, it's a damn shame. It is. Yeah, we've we've approached that that, uh, topic of of fun, obviously, and uh, and those. Uh, games that are maybe lean towards more cartoonish side. So I'd, li- I'd like to get into that just before we wrap up, because that was something else we were going to touch on this week. But before we get to that, as far as NBA Live goes, uh, putting the question to you bluntly, point blank, do you think we'll see another NBA Live game ever, apart from NBA Live Mobile? I do. You do? I do. I think I think we'll see one. Um, maybe, you know, I think we might see an NBA Live 2022. And I think the reason is, is because they there's we we just talked about it earlier there's still that room right mm. the idea you know if 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 an nba live title comes out or they start they they announce that an nba live title will come out even people that are cautious um or even people that bash it they're going to take a look at it and these mm. companies know that people will still take a look at it i don't curiosity care how will be there yeah yeah the curiosity will be there and if you know, some influencers and, and whatnot, uh, you know, tout it and it actually, they say it's fun. Maybe people will get their hands on it. And then when people get their hands on it and they find it fun, they'll tell their friends. So that aspect is still there. I think that the space is still open and 2K doesn't have the exclusive license. I do think that live is going to try to come out with something on PS5. It's possible that they're waiting just one year of, um, you know, to get another year of development in there. But that doesn't change the fact that they've dropped the ball again. You know, yeah, even yeah. if they come out with something, and, and even if that something is strong, um, the suits have really screwed up over the last decade plus. It's a, it's a long way up out of that hole. 
is what we're getting at, I think. Um, I'm curious. I mean, you and I are both, you know, we played the NBA Live Series and EA Sports basketball games since the, their inception. What do you do? You actually think that they're going to come out with something? You know, what you say makes a lot of sense. Uh, it is my hope, my cautiously uh, optimistic hope that it happens. It makes a lot of sense. It would be, if they can, if they can come back strong, as we said, as you just said there, there is the, the potential for it to work. There is that space. There is the people who want the alternative. But you ask me, I don't know. For the first time in, in all these struggles over the, over the past 10 years, I really don't know if they will come out with another one. I'm not going to say they won't. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, it definitely won't. But this is maybe the first time that, uh, and you can probably hear it in my voice, everyone, uh, the, dis- the disappointment and the uh, almost defeatist attitude, which I-, I don't like to have, but yet still feel. You, you asked me that question, Derek. I don't know. I, I don't know if they will. I, I-, I couldn't say for sure. It-, it is the most doubt I've ever felt uh, in all my years playing and covering uh, the NBA Live Series. I have more hope that we get an NBA and more um, optimism that we will get another NBA Live more than I have an optimism that we're going to get a Playgrounds 3. Mm, yeah, well, well, with, uh, with, with, with uh, Sabre Interactive moving on to WWE Battlegrounds, yeah, I don't think we're getting a, another Playgrounds anytime soon. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a shame because we talked about good bones and we talked about some good concepts and ideas and stuff like that. I think Playgrounds had it. Oh, well, t- uh, time to bring back and, NBA Jam again. <laughs> that's all we yeah. said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so, yeah, just but just to let you know, and by the way, I, I absolutely could think that they would fold the series. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that with NBA Live. But it's not, not unthinkable. I do believe they could release one. So Fingers crossed, and we've said that so many times, but uh, at the moment, that's all we can do. But uh, no NBA Live 21, that much we know for sure, unless there's a, a very surprising announcement over the next couple of weeks. And I'm uh, not holding my breath or crossing my fingers on that, but certainly for the future of the series... Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would love to be wrong, you know. And um, maybe by setting my expectations low, it will be a, a very pleasant surprise at some point in the uh, not too distant future, hopefully. But uh, you know, we again we brought up those the fun that you can have and with with the more cartoony games and the and the and the wacky games and some of them very cartoonish as uh, as we'll touch on in a moment. Um, but yes, that's why I love to see Jam come back. I have a lot of nostalgia for Jam Street as well, but Jam was the game that I, I grew up with. Uh, obviously, uh, being that uh, bit of an older gamer, there um, love love those games. There's definitely room for them in in uh, addition to the the sim space. I've always felt that. I feel that, and, and still believe that today. It's it's why Playgrounds has been as successful as it is, even though it's not necessarily the game that I wanted it to be. But it, it is still, as you say, a lot of good bones there, a lot, a lot of um, a, good, a good basis for uh, for for good arcade action. Um, and, and yeah, there is room to have those alternative experiences, those arcade games, because as, as much as I, I love the, the real NBA, maybe a little less than I used to as far as the current uh, generation is concerned, um, as, as much as I'd like to have that realistic representation of basketball, and as I know you do, but we also really enjoy having that that alternative experience that I uh, the aforementioned uh, alternative experience that uh, that you can just be a little bit silly with, and certainly when it goes very cartoony, as some of the games have, Jam and and some other titles, it can be a, it can be a lot of fun. Yeah, and people want to have fun. People want to create yep. memories. They want to have laughs. They want to have zany fun sometimes. I mean, we've talked about this. Look at Rocket League. Yeah. What is Rocket League? <laughs> it's crazy, but it's a lot like, of fun, yeah. It's insane. There's no realism in Rocket League. There's not. I mean, it's insane fun. And you <laughs> well, know, you, you, you've, never, you've never played soccer in a rocket car? No, I, I haven't. And oh, missing it out, sounds, man. 
But, but I tell you what, it sounds fun. Yeah. If I had the right car, maybe I'd try it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that Rocket League is a perfect proof of, you know, that people still just want to have fun. And, um, you know, the song Girls Want to Have Fun, people just want to have fun. Gamers want to have fun. Possible gamers want to have fun. Gamers want to have fun, right. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a remix of that song without us singing. With, 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 with apologies to Cindy Lauper, yeah. <laughs> exactly, with, with heavy apologies to Cindy Lauper, exactly. I mean, I bring up NBA Jam, uh, and that is the, the classic. But you, we were talking about it before we started recording, you know, and you've brought up games like uh, Looney Tunes B-Ball on the Super Nintendo. And was that also on Genesis as well? Um, I had it for Super Nintendo. Um, there's three cartoon basketball games that I grew up with that got a ton of play. The one that got the most play was Tiny Toons Acme All-Stars, and this game had soccer, basketball um and i think one other sport it may have been just soccer and basketball though um no there was one other sport i can't remember what it was but basically we only played the basketball mode and you had about 10 different tiny tunes that you could choose and it was three on three full court and it's just wild you had power-ups um and, and stuff like that it was just wild basketball fun you had about five or different ven- five different venues you could you know play on and you know i always had my 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 lineup of it was like Montana Max, um, the the Calamity Coyote, and Roadrunner, and I would run with oh no Hampton and Roadrunner, and I would run with those guys every time, and we would just have a blast with those games. Um, and then Looney Tunes B Ball, and then Space Jam. Space Jam was not very deep, um, but you could play against another human, and it was always Space Jam versus you know the Toon Squad versus the Monsters. Um, but those games, those games hold, a, they still hold a place in the genre. Mm. Like they, they, they still, I think if they came out with games like that again, you know, with cartoon characters and stuff like that, I still think that they could make somewhat of a splash. I mean, people look at it and they think, well, if it's not 2K, it's, it won't succeed. I think that's, that's wrong because the original Playgrounds that wasn't under the 2K banner did. And, and you look at some of the things that have been do, done with uh, independent games, with indie games now. You know, we, we obviously mentioned Basketball Classics here, how that's brought back that retro experience. If people were to bring back something like this, I think it would, it would find an audience because it is something different. It's, it's basketball. It's, if it's fun, and it, again, it comes back to that word. It f- feels like a cliche that we're overusing the word, but it, it is, at the end of the day, what it comes down to. If it is that enjoyable experience on the sticks, if it is something that is fun that is basketball-related, people will give it a look. Uh, I, I just looked up that game actually, Tiny Tune, uh, Tune Adventures, uh, uh, Acme All Stars. So it had basketball, soccer, bowling, and an obstacle course, and uh, Montana hitting, which was kind of like whack a mole. Apparently, uh, probably bring back some memories there if you play those other modes. But those kinds of things, I mean, they sound antiquated now, but they, they will they will find an audience because you look at what a lot of the indie games have done. It's it's clear that people do want those experiences that maybe the AAA companies are not really focusing on. And yet, if a AAA company did focus on it, they could, with all their resources, I mean, they'd probably also whack it full of microtransactions as well. Which maybe Montana Max, yeah, Montana Max with microtransaction mode, that'd be, uh, that might be appropriate actually if they bring that with Tiny Tunes. Were they going to? Do I remember right? Were they actually going to reboot Tiny Tunes recently? I hope they reboot. They rebooted Doug, and it was terrible. Um, no, I, I would hope they wouldn't reboot Tiny Tunes. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I, I wanted to point something up, though. There's an untapped demographic here that is at stake and, and, and at play. So you, you've heard of Mario Tennis, right? Yeah. 
Yep. They relaunched Mario Tennis recently, and it was incredibly popular. Do you know how popular tennis is in comparison to basketball? Not very, mm. right? It's not. But people love those Mario Tennis games, and they sell by the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Right? Uh, in fact, Mario Tennis probably sold in the millions. And my point is, if the concept of Mario Tennis can work, and that untapped demographic of you know, preteen or, or young team or even younger, because we know all kids at all ages are playing games. Christ, you and I were playing when we were like eight. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, even younger, uh, yeah. Um, whatnot. That entire, demo, you know, that's those are games that parents want to buy their children. Yeah. Right? Or even play with their children nowadays and whatnot. Those basketball games, if they did a Mario concept, um, or they made another Looney Tunes com- concept, because the Looney Tunes are still popular today and they're well-known, if they did, or even maybe with some of the new cartoons that came out, which I'm not a fan of pretty much anything new that came out for cartoons, they're not close to what you know we grew up with, but if they made games like that today, there is a demographic for those. You know, people would, yeah, you know, parents would buy those, and, and like I said, I think games like Tiny Toons, Acme, All-Stars, Looney Tunes, B-Ball, Space Jam, and stuff like that, they still play very well, the mechanics can still be really fun, and um, pre- hell, they're, they're still fun to me today. Like if I go back and play them, and you could really lean into that whole family-friendly, uh, kid-friendly, you know, fun for the whole family angle, especially if you and not to harp on microtransactions because I know I've talked about it in so many podcasts and so many articles, but it is an ongoing problem with gaming in 2020. If you did come out with that game, that smaller game that was uh, less expensive than a 2K, and it's not full of microtransactions, you know, something like what what Josh and Dave have done with Basketball Classics, you put that out there that that everyone can enjoy that. The parents can be uh, comfortable buying that for kids because it doesn't come with a, a damn warning about how it has gambling mechanics or mild gambling mechanics or whatever the hell the uh, that warning is now that we've talked about before. That it doesn't have to come with that. That there's no fear of credit cards being drained and that kind of thing. There's a lot of appeal in that, and you can if you also have that really fun experience and it's something a little bit different with cartoon characters or or fictional characters. You know, we we, we talk about uh, games like uh, Hoop. On on um, NES Street Hoop was it Street Hoops on any, or Hoops on NES games like that that have got the fictional characters. Like you just brought up Street Hoops, right? You brought that up. You know, there's a game that's on Steam that gets a ton of play, and it's just like a street ball game. What is the game? Oh. Yeah, you know, yeah, what, it's, yeah. Because uh, it, yeah, I, I know the one because I was then I was thinking Street Hoop for Neo Geo, which just came out Freestyle? on PS4. Freestyle, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you, you can do that. A ton yeah. of playing yeah. that. Yeah. 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 It's just been just been updated, I believe. So, it's it's definitely that there's there's room for those smaller basketball gaming experiences, and if you can go cartoony with them, if you're already in the mood to have a less uh, serious, and I say less serious, when you see some of the way the, that uh, the people dress in the park in playground, <laughs> you know that some people aren't necessarily taking 2K super seriously, which is fine. You know that's those modes are definitely more casual in that respect, and uh, and and wacky in that respect than the NBA side of things. But there is room to do that as a whole game based around that. And maybe it won't sell 10 million copies like uh, 2K will. And it won't be a huge moneymaker as far as microtransactions, especially if there are no microtransactions in there to begin with. But there's it, it's definitely an audience for it. And definitely be an audience for bringing back games like Jam and Street. And, and it really does come down to putting out that fun experience and that creative experience that, uh, that a lot of developers do shy away from because they're wanting to go for the, you know, the recurrent user spending and all that stuff. But, no, I, I think those games would definitely succeed, no question. Yeah, I also think that there's something to be said about 
three months after the 2K release, right? Mm. I think that what happens is a lot of people start having a little bit of fatigue or they want like to take a break or they want some separation. And that's where games like Playgrounds come in. And that's where a game like NBA Jam could come in. Or even a cartoony basketball game is during that time where it's not a fresh experience anymore with the new NBA title, uh, with the new simulation title. A lot of those people, even Troy Dan just... Um, I think he, he tweeted out, he said, like, um, you know, we need a new experience or we need a new game or we need something something different um, to play at this point because 2K20 has run its course for a lot of people. I think that this is where those other titles can get, you know, think, can come into play and people can get that different experience. But you could even, even almost call them uh, palate cleansers in a way, that it's uh, there's just something between, between meals of 2K because 2K's modes do... Uh, encourage so much engagement that you do stick with them which is for the best you know that's what's so great about those modes but at the same time when you do need a break but you don't necessarily feel like taking a break from basketball or or you're, you're willing to still play a basketball game but maybe not the the grind of, of my team or my career or things like that that's that's when you do, would turn to a game like a street or a jam or a looney tunes b-ball or, some, or or mario basketball or something like that that's that's where it would come in as the as the palate cleanser Right. Look at games like Dota and Smite and stuff like that, which are incredibly popular. Those games are filler games for people. You know what they do? They go on those games and they play for about a half hour or an hour and then they leave. Right. That's basically what they do. They, they, They don't play those games for full, you know, two, three, four, five hour online sessions or, you know, full My League games and stuff like that. The beauty of games like the ones we were talking about, Jam Street, Looney Tunes B-Ball, Tiny Tunes Acme All-Stars, Space Jam, all that stuff, is you can jump into a game and make some progress in about 20 minutes. Yeah, right. Sure. So you can jump in and the games are shorter. Um, they're only three-minute quarters sometimes or maybe five-minute halves. You, could, you can feel the sense of progress you can have some fun and you can get out. It's not that grind. Um, so it is that different experience. And there, and in my opinion, there will always be room in the, um, in the space for those games. I think that's why I was always such a fan of the idea of some kind of a standalone all-star weekend or mini games in, uh, in games like NBA live and NBA 2k even that, uh, you look at something like the freestyle. Ch- Do you remember the freestyle challenge in NBA live? The, 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 the spinoff of the all-star weekend. I do. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not... Just, I haven't looked at it in a long time, but yeah. I, it's, uh, I, I did a way back Wednesday, on it. Of, of course I did. It's Look, it's not a tremendously deep option. All-Star Weekend is the, the superior mode because it is trying to ape the actual All-Star Weekend. But it's just a, a little mini-game that sometimes, if I had 10 minutes to kill and just didn't really feel like playing a full game but just wanted to, uh, to muck around in a, in a basketball uh, scenario, a basketball game, I'd go into the Freestyle Challenge and just have a, a couple of games of that. And, and see if I could uh, you know, beat the CPU in it. And, and, of course, it's a great multiplayer option as well because it's split-screen. So little things like that, there's, there's value in those experiences that are not necessarily uh, realistic or, or aping something that's, uh, that is about the real NBA, like a detailed franchise mode, although they're, they're awesome experiences naturally and something we want to see in the game and, and why NBA Live is built so bare bones. But those little mini-games in the sim games or if those concepts are expanded to being something something more and we're seeing more of them on the uh, the indie scene with again with the basketball classics or something like that but there there is that space and not just that space for another sim game with nba live but uh, but uh, arcade games with uh, nba jam and cartoony games and things like that and another games are all, all comprised of mini games uh, some kind of basketball game that's, that's comprised of mini games like a 
uh, it, it's not it's not a great example because it doesn't hold up particularly well. But the NBA All Star Challenge for the Super Nintendo, it's I was uh, about to bring up NBA yeah, All Star Challenge things, things like that. Horse. Like like we don't <laughs> see those kinds of games anymore. And yet I think especially since you can do digital releases now and do them for five to ten dollars or whatever, under you know games under twenty dollars digital release only. Those are the kinds of things that you can be looking at, and I think there's value in that because it's just that's just a distraction, and people say, "Oh, this is fun," and you can get a, a fair amount of sales doing it that way, and keep the overheads down by digital only. I mean, we how we talked about like a new take on old concepts, like even a game like Slam City. Yeah. You know, maybe you make a game that's actually like that, where it's VR and functions similar, similarly, obviously, with updated technology, and maybe it's a game where people can jump in and have that fun one-on-one or, you know, arcade-type experience, and then they can get out. You know what I mean? Nothing that binds them, nothing that makes them feel like they have to grind. Just a fun, pro- and you can still have progress related to it, right? You can still be maybe you know upping your character and or and and maybe maybe you you still have like goals and stuff like that. I'm not saying that tournament, it needs to yeah. be completely exactly um, because games like Dota and Smite and all of that stuff those have progress related items to go along with them, but it doesn't need to be this this grindy feeling thing. It can just be this fun experience. So it's something that hopefully some developers will look at and you, you again you know. We can only continue to uh, to praise Josh and Dave, uh, and looking forward to uh, to getting them on the show again. Sorry, guys, we haven't <laughs> reached out. We need to set that up for sure. Um, if I forget, definitely hit me up and uh, let me know when you're uh, free, because we'd love to have you on. As uh, as I'm sure you agree, um, that uh, I'd love to talk. Again. Yeah, That'd be for sure. So <laughs> let's let's get, get that uh, sorted out soon. Um, it, it shows that how how they filled a niche, uh, and and it was the game that I never knew I wanted yet. It's so glad that we have. I've said that before. Basketball classics. I said it's it's been one of the. I actually in um, as I as the last decade just drew to a close, and I did that Friday Five talking about the most influential games and important games of the decade. I put it on there because it, it um, and, and a couple of people uh, asked why, why you know when it's uh, not a triple a triple A release and said because it was so influential. It is it is a game that filled a niche that nobody else was doing this throwback game. Um, and, and I felt that it was so potentially influential and, and, and moving forward it could be that idea of that you can have a basketball game that is, no, it's not trying to compete with 2K. It's not trying to be this deep sim. And, have, and although Basketball Classics has gotten season mode and it's becoming deeper all the time, it's, it does, but it doesn't have to be your realistic 3D graphics and, and face scans and, and competing with 2K. It's its own thing, but it's still a basketball-based experience. Very fun. It's, it's going the real throwback route. And maybe the other games will do that as well. Um, but it shows the value. It shows that people are interested. There's a lot of people that are doing seasons on, on YouTube of basketball classics now. There's a few people doing that. And a lot of people talking about the game, which is really great to see. You know, it's, it's not just us. Although, um, you know, very proud to be a part of that in the, in the way that we have been. But, yeah, it, it's, it's found an audience. It's resonating with people. Other games can do the same. They'll fill a gap, fill a niche that is not filled by, that live can't, 2K can't. Um, and yet they will still uh, find an audience and uh, and be very fun. Yeah, Josh and Dave, though, where, where's my Bugs Bunny game? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that classic. I'm waiting for that classic three on three cartoon game. So uh, you mean you mean uh, well, well with the, if they don't get the licensing, it'll be uh, Jugs Rabbit, won't it? <laughs> and that, knowing that, so if you want to stick with like the basketball classics, you know, you know what they went for with that. Um, what were some uh so i want to see i want to see some uh nicktoons 
in basketball. I want to see, I want to see the Rugrats, or I want to see like Doug or or whatnot. Oh yes, I want to uh, see them play. The, the Rugrats, the uh, the the unlicensed knock, the the unlicensed knockoffs like uh, uh, Timmy Gherkin. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ron yeah. and Stampy, <laughs> just... that San and Rimpy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there are some ideas. <laughs> um, you know, uh, pay, please PayPal us if you uh, come up with those ideas, so you can get our uh, our share. But no, it would be great to see uh, more stuff like that. And uh, and it's uh, yeah, because it doesn't always need to be taken seriously. Yeah, I, I just think people want to have fun and create memories, and we've talked about that so many times. And it's also, like we said, what made some of those older, simpler basketball titles so special. It's a recurring theme, but that's what it comes down to. And it's, again, refreshing, going back to the uh, the top of the show, What uh, it's, why it's been so refreshing to hear 2K talking about, uh, and hear, hear Baluba talking about it, making the game enjoyable. On one hand, it seems very strange, but on the other hand, it's so very refreshing. And it's it's what needs to happen. That it's not just about the game that will sell a lot of copies sell, and make money and recurrent revenue. And and yes, it is about re- representing the NBA. But if you're not doing any of that in an enjoyable way, uh, eventually the bubble's going to burst. And eventually, you're not going to make a product that you can be proud of. And at the end of the day, developers want to make these games that uh, that they will enjoy. You know, it's what what the suits want is is a whole other matter. Indeed, wrote an article about that. Uh, you know, I, I said very cynically, but I do believe that to some extent that basketball gaming belongs to the suits. Uh, I'd love to see the developers and us as an audience be able to take that back to some extent. We're never going to change the industry, or it's going to be very hard to change the industry as far as microtransactions and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we can work around that, I believe, and have some and make those memories on the virtual hardwood. It's uh, it's worth a try, and I think there's a lot of developers that are working towards that, uh, the indies and and the AAA with uh, you know, what were they looking to go for with 2K21, or at least it sounds like it. Um, so fingers crossed, and hopefully, hopefully one day NBA Live rejoins them. Yeah, sir. Yeah, exactly. Circling back, I'm. It's what I'm excited about is you know them using that language about the finding the balance of fun um, and realism and finding the perfect balance between the two. So um, I am optimistic. Um, I'm not, but I'm also like we had talked about. I'm cautiously optimistic. I know the way it could go, um, and so you know, just basically fingers crossed. Only the future knows that will uh, come to us in time, along with more news about NBA 2K21, of course. Once again, we will uh, cover that as it happens. There'll be news posts on the uh, on the main page of the NLSC. There'll be posts in the forum, no doubt. We definitely appreciate everybody who helps out with uh, sharing that news in our community, and uh, we'll give credit where credit is due, of course, and we'll be talking about it on, the, on future shows. But uh, yes, I guess that's brought us to the end of this week's show. We've uh, kept under two hours this week, Derek. I mean, we could keep, uh, we could keep talking about... Uh, our, our favorite subjects such as Fallout and Bart versus the uh, Space Mutants, but uh, perhaps we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I know that it's tough for some people to listen to super long shows, so, um, you know, we always... You and I could talk for hours and hours... And have. And hours about <laughs> this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that it, it's obviously... Um, you know, it's uh, sometimes it's probably tough to listen to on the commute and whatnot, so um, I think... I think we run a great show, and I, I, I just, I, regardless of however long this show is, I hope that people enjoy the content. Absolutely, and, and to that end, we uh, turn the uh, the floor over to you, our listeners. Let us know what you thought about this week's show and the uh, topics we discussed. What you what you're feeling about the NBA 2K21 news? How optimistic or pessimistic you feel about the future of NBA Live? 
of course, the cartoony games and NBA Jam and NBA Street and everything else that we could possibly go in that genre and everything else we talked about this week. Uh, let us know what uh, what you're thinking in the forum, in the comments section, and, of course, on social media. Uh, once again, it's it's been so great to get that uh, more engagement with our listeners, Derek, and, and hear what people have to say about uh, what we've had to say. Yeah, definitely make sure that you give us feedback and whatnot. I appreciate all those who do. Um, and... You know, whether it be on IG or on Twitter or whatever, reach out if you have any suggestions for the show um, or any feedback and whatnot. Um, and again, the, the ultimate goal is that you're enjoying listening to it. And of course, the NLC podcast comes out every week on Sundays. It comes out on the NLC, which is mb-live.com. Also, various podcatching apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, to name some of the big ones. On those platforms, search for NLC podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. Also appreciate any hopefully positive reviews of the show on those platforms that uh, allow you to do reviews. Helps with our ego, as we always say, but also visibility as well. So we definitely appreciate some of the reviews that have uh, have come there. And if you uh, if you want to leave us a positive review, uh, maybe we could uh, read some out, Derek, on, on future shows. No, oh, absolutely. And uh, if it seems like it would be a really good I- idea to do like a mailbag. I would have a lot of fun with that. So um, I think that maybe we can put a mailbag in place or something like that where people can say, you know, ask questions of the show. Because I love answering questions from people yes, who listen. Yes. Stuff like no, we've, that. Uh, we've done that um, before. So that would, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to bring that back. That's really that's a good idea. So hit us up in our various uh, social media platforms, which I'll be reading off in a sec. But uh, yes, once again, the LC podcast comes out every week. Uh, listen to it on your platform of choice. We're going to start posting it on YouTube. You might have seen, if you do subscribe to the NLC YouTube channel, we'll have seen the uh, episode 280, our Tim Kistrow interview go up there. So there'll be more new episodes going forward, and I'll be getting through the backlog because, once again, <laughs> over 300 episodes, Derek, it's going to take some time to get all of them on there, but future shows will be going out there, including uh, including this one. So if you are listening on YouTube, uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, also hit that subscribe button and like and share, I suppose. But uh, before we get to the socials, uh, Derek, I'll throw it over to you to promote uh, your stuff, where we can find you, and also uh, if you'd like to give an update on your uh, your podcast, uh, Holding Court. Um, yeah, the floor is yours. So Holding Court with D3 had to be pushed back to August 17th for the first episode, and that's because, it, as Andrew knows, it does take time to, take time to get on all platforms. Um, so I signed, signed up for Libsyn, um, a service that can give me an RSS feed in order to push me out to all the, you know, Apple podcasts, Spotify and, and and whatnot. So that is in the works. Um, I'm also have a, um, a media company actually working with me, onboarding me and stuff like that and helping me get straightened away. So I wanted to make sure that all I's were dotted and T's were in place before I got it started. Um, so first episode is, is planned to launch on August 17th, which is a Monday. Uh, and now instead of bi-weekly, the show will be weekly. So that's holding court with D for three. And I'll give updates on our next show as well, as far as progress on that. You can also reach me on Twitter at D for 384 um, over on the NLSC D for 3 I'm a contributor over there and on YouTube D for 3 I'm also a member of the NBA Live Veterans Committee as well I am on Twitter at Andrew NLSC you can follow me there for my, my uh, takes on basketball basketball gaming professional wrestling when I talk about that a little bit and everything else that I uh, tweet out all those uh, scintillating thoughts that uh, go through my head it's, uh, that uh, everything that is fit to print anyway <laughs> But that is Andrew NLSC on Twitter. Uh, the NLSC is on Facebook and Twitter at the NLSC. 
on Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. Once again, if you are listening to this on YouTube, encourage you to hit that subscribe button. There'll be more video content coming uh, in addition to the podcast. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is all for this week. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>